0: Yudchet chai adar coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
1: At the beginning of go to the airport. We take a bus <laughs> go to the airport. We take go to the
0: with HaOlam Sameach. Welcome one and all to today's edition of the Israel Show. We are here with you live every single Monday, immediately following J.M. in the A.M. 9 a.m. Eastern Time and this week, yes, this week, hang on to your hats, 3 p.m. Israel time as the clock has changed in America but not yet in Israel. So for the next, uh, I think it's a few weeks Excuse me. For the next few weeks, there is going to be a six-hour difference, and so the time in Israel for our live show will be three o'clock. Of course, of course, you can listen to it whenever you want because we are on demand via the iTunes podcasts, the NahumSiegel.com website, and uh, the Nahum Siegel Network app, which is available free, of course, on iTunes, and Android. And you can listen, as my email does, on the listen lines. You can call in. If you're on the road and you don't have access to Wi-Fi, but you have unlimited calling, you can call in from the road. Or if you don't have internet. In New York, it's 401-347-0100. 401-347-0100. In Israel, it's 072-2242-792. 0722242792 and in the UK. Yes, we hope you're listening in the UK. 442070970974 442070970974. We have a great show planned for you. Lots of great Israeli music and we have a lot of great information and yes, the countdown continues. The elections in Israel on the 17th of March, a week and a day away. And we will continue to follow them closely here at the Israel Show. Also, one quick reminder before we get on to uh, the next song. One quick reminder. The JM in the AM fundraising, annual fundraising marathon, is taking place right now. It began today. It goes on for two weeks. And this is the basically... The most important, and almost, I would say, almost only time that we come to the listening audience and say, we need your help, we provide the service all year round for free. AM is provided commercial free. And the Nachum Siegel Network, which is uh, anchored by AM, comes to you pretty much commercial free. We need your help to sustain it, and if you enjoy very much what you listen to, and even if, perchance, you don't always listen, or you don't listen that often, recognize the importance of what JM in the AM does, and what the Nachum Siegel Network does, basically bringing Judaism in its most beautiful form, a, a representative of the Dirache darche Noam, The ways of Judaism, the ways of the Torah, are ways of pleasantness. You will never find, on JM and the AM, strife. You will never find conflict. You will find always the positive in Judaism. And I can tell you firsthand from people that I have met myself and heard their stories, how they've been influenced by JM and the AM and how much their lives have changed. Many people have actually returned to their Jewish roots as a result of tuning in by accident, quote-unquote, to JM and the AM. So I ask you, please, to go to jmandam.org or to and pledge your support for the continuation of JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, if you'd like to, it would be great if you want to dedicate your pledge in honor of the Israel Show, or you just want to mention that you listen to the Israel Show and you enjoy it, that would be wonderful, but you don't have to most important thing is to make the pledge. You can go online or you can call between six and nine. You can actually call the radio station, be part of that live interaction and um and 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 enjoy and enjoy it all um we have where is it we gotta find it here somewhere. Oh, why can't we find it? That is weird. We have a brand new song. It should be in here. Okay, we'll play it from here. It's called Yemei Tzvat. Aharon Razel, the brother of Yonatan Razel, a m- great musician in his own right, uh, writes about the days, his days in Tzvat. And it was just released. Yonatan, uh, Aharon Razel. <laughs> I <laughs> own We'll post a link to it on our Facebook page later on. My name is Barry Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel
2: Network. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm a little bit of when I met you and heard my prayers, you had a light for me to ask. A light עכשיו אני מנגן על הגיטרה שNINGEN לא נוהה היאלדתי לפנאי ישנה כדי שירדמ במנגינה. עכשיו כשNINGEN יחול לרדם אני כמו מנגן בשקט קצר כי בני הקדש כבר יש שם. ותמיד מנגינה קימוד ותמיד הגיטרה קצר יותר
0: that great? Aaron Razel, your mate's fat, brand new, debuting here on the Israel Show, the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Martin. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Um, we oftentimes don't appreciate the miracles that we see with our own eyes. In fact, Chazal, I believe it is Chazal, that tell us that, um, A person doesn't usually recognize a miracle that is being done to him. It is a very interesting phenomenon because we live through life and we sort of take things as they come and don't recognize, don't realize that we're really living through a miracle, through miraculous times as we are. And uh, we need a little bit of context, a little bit of Jewish history to understand it. But even with just a little bit of thought, we can understand what amazing times we live in. Well, sometimes when someone is somewhere else, and they come in and see what you're living through, they say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And that's what happened to uh, representatives of the three young men who were kidnapped and killed this summer, Gilad Naftali and uh, Eyal, their parents went to the APAC convention. And uh, Gilad Sher's mother, Bat Galim, wrote a post, when she came back, posted on her Facebook page, Sometimes I feel like, wow, this is long, can we read the whole thing? And and sometimes I think like, how could you not read this? So here's the woman who lost her son this summer in, in, in most tragic, in a most tragic situation. Has seen tremendous support in Israel from all left and right, from all segments of the Israeli population. And now she comes and sees for the first time in her life what an APAC convention looks like. So this is what she wrote on her return. We returned a few hours ago to Israel. The representatives of the families of the three young men. After we had spent three days in the United States at the annual APAC conference. We went straight from there to Megilat Esther, reading of Megilat Esther. Halev mitpakeh. The heart bursts. Haadrenalin zorem. The adrenaline is pumping. Kama ahavat Israel Wow! How much ahavat Yisrael love of Israel. I wish, I wish I could bring it all back, all the love that we felt at APAC, all the support, if I could bring it back in bags and give each one of you a little bag filled with it, it would recharge all of our batteries. 16,000 people, adults, young people, students, business people, mostly Jewish, but not all Jewish, from all ideologies, Pack, pack the auditorium. And all they want to do for three days is to tell us, How much they are with us. How much they love the state of Israel. How much they support the Jewish people living in their land. 16,000 people cheering, clapping, they get up, they sit down, they get up, they sit down in order to clap. We're, we're so used to that. But I guess it seems a little funny for an Israeli that this crowd just constantly, every, every minute that, every time that a, a pro-Israel statement is made, they get up and cheer. Public officials. People that have tremendous influence, leaders come before this convention in order to tell them how much they love us here in Israel and how much they support the Jewish people who live in the land of Israel. 16,000 people cheered Prime Minister Netanyahu as a representative of the Jewish people, as the head of the state of Israel without any connection to their political perspective and to their politics. (inaudible) Because he represents all of us as the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. 16,000. She can't get over it. 16,000. 16,000. Now we should think about it. I can't get over it. 16,000 people converged on Washington to do one thing, to give their support for Israel. 16,000 people cheered, clapped, and sent us waves of warmth and love to each and every one of us. And then we landed, says Bat Galim Sher. The mother of Gilad. Hashem yukom Gadol, We were shocked. We were shocked when we came to Israel to see that all this love and all this warmth never made it. I my, my feeling is that she means that it's not really covered much in the Israeli media, that it doesn't get the headlines, that all the negative stuff, especially before elections, all the negative stuff gets highlighted. Let's remember, she says, the unity that saved us 2,500 years ago on Purim, and let's remember the unity that is shown at APAC. And let's be proud of what we are, what we've done, and let's say thank you to all of them. And it is so moving and so true. We take it for granted sometimes. In the most powerful country on the face of the earth, after the most horrific 2,000 years of gullus capped off by the Holocaust the Jewish people can fill an auditorium with 16,000 people who cheer and cheer and cheer again for the state of Israel. They are united. We are united in our support, no matter where we come from, no matter what ideological perspective we have or religious background we have. Let's remember that. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Alon Olearchik, of Pugi fame, brought us that remake of Be'eret's Havati. That is part of um, a collection of songs, of remakes. um, I believe it's of Leia Goldberg songs, although I'm not 100% sure. We'll let you know what we can tell you is that there will be a link to the song's YouTube video on our Facebook page. Later on today. Well, last week Benjamin Netanyahu spoke. Everyone was expecting, anticipating, waiting for that big speech. Amazing how the—quite um, amazing, I should say—quite, quite, quite amazing how the news media, uh, CNN and Fox, MSNBC is like, forget about it. Uh, it's not, not even, not even worth discussing. But Fox News and, and CNN. Both had countdown clocks, you know three hours and fifty two minutes left to the uh, uh, before the speech starts and everything on some level, we should thank president obama that 's the funny part because it's uh it's the controversy around the speech that was created by president obama's i don't know somewhat ridiculous Response it was that controversy that created the interest. you know um, I always joke that if you want a, a, if you write a book and you want it to be very popular and spoken about, have somebody put it in Khairim. then it becomes a controversial topic, and everyone's talking about it and and yep, and then it starts selling. Um, <laughs> this is sort of what happened. I don't think Netanyahu 's speech would have had anywhere the impact. Of uh, that it had, if not for the fact that President Obama and some of the Democrats totally totally um, bashed it and on some level i I couldn't help but think now i'm not making comparis- a direct comparison I just uh, it's a it's a a thought a comparison in in concept. We know that Chazal tell us about Bil'am, the um, Gentile prophet who was sent by Balak to curse the Jews. He wanted to curse the Jews. And he ended up giving the Jews a bracha, the blessing. Some of the most beautiful passages that we have. We start out filah with matovu Halecha Yaakov Israel that was said by a goy by a gentile It's funny. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes the most beautiful things about the Jews are said by Gentiles. Anyway, um, President Obama, I believe, he wanted to stop the speech, he wanted to pressure Prime Minister Netanyahu not to make it, and at the end, by doing that, he ended up, ironically, calling so much more attention to the speech and giving it uh, a status, a standing, that it would never have had before. And um, whatever you think of Prime Minister Netanyahu, pros and there are cons, he's a great speaker. And he really does know how to look at things from a historic perspective. Here's a clip of uh, of his from the uh, not from the congressional speech, the speech the day before that at APAC. I just think this is so terrific.
3: For 2,000 years, my people, the Jewish people, were stateless, defenseless, voiceless. We were utterly powerless against our enemies. Who swore to destroy us. We suffered relentless persecution and horrific attacks. We could never speak in our own behalf and we could not defend ourselves. Well, no more. No more. The days when the Jewish people are passive in the face of threats to annihilate us, those days are over.
0: And quite frankly, I think that's really the difference, the only difference between Purim that took place 2500 years ago and the Purim we celebrated this year. Because what, 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 what changed? There are people in Persia, which is today Iran, that want to annihilate the Jewish people. Exactly the way, the way they wanted to do it back in the days of Haman. The only difference would be technology. And of 2,000 years of our existence in galus, in the Galut, in exile, in the diaspora, the hatred of the Jews continued. The only thing that changed as man created more inventive ways to do things, the only thing that changed was technology. So they used to to kill us with sword or hang us. And, And then the Germans found the uh, faster and more efficient ways to get rid of us the technology the hatred wanting to annihilate us that doesn't change that hasn't changed for 2,000 years but in our generation as we said we don't recognize the miracles that we are living in in our generation for the first time in 2,000 years we can fight back For the first time in 2,000 years we have the weapons and we have the ability to say to our enemy you want to nuke us? We can nuke you first. And that is the gift that God has given us in our times. And that is the difference between our Purim and the original Purim. Everything else sort of remains the same. Here is a clip from uh, the Prime Minister's speech at Congress in which he speaks about Purim. And he mentions the story, how the story doesn't change much.
3: We're an ancient people. In um, our nearly 4,000 years of history, many have tried repeatedly to destroy the Jewish people. Tenor- tomorrow night, on the Jewish holiday of Purim, we'll read the book of Esther. We'll read of a powerful Persian viceroy named Amman who plotted to destroy the Jewish people some 2,500 years ago. But a courageous Jewish woman, Queen Esther, exposed the plot and gained for the Jewish people the right to defend themselves against their enemies. The plot was foiled. Our people were saved. (laughs) Today, the Jewish people face another attempt by yet another Persian potentate to destroy us.
0: I love how in Congress (laughs) they all got up to applaud when the Prime Minister said, the plot was foiled and the Jews were saved. Yay! (laughs) It's like... Anyway, now if you think that um, that goes left unanswered, the Iranian foreign minister... It's shocking. This is absolutely shocking, but it's true. NBC interviewed the Iranian foreign minister, and i got to tell you something. When they interview Benjamin Netanyahu, they go at him. They ask the tough questions. They don't let him get away with things. When they interview dictators, and you could go back and look at all the interviews that they had with Ahmadinejad, and And the dictators from russia and, and all these people they're 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 like suddenly they're like um very meek and it's quite frankly nothing more than giving these dictators and these barbarians an open mic in order to uh in order to spew their their um Vitriol and their propaganda on American screens. Uh, quite frankly, it's crazy. We, I think we'd be much better off if they w- e- either interview them ro- properly or don't interview them. Don't give them this podium on American uh, network television. But again, what can we say? That's the media. So the Iranian foreign minister has the following take on Purim in answer to Benjamin Netanyahu. It is unfortunate that this Netanyahu not only uh, distorts realities of today, he even distorts his own uh, scripture. If if you read the book of Esther, you will see that it was the Iranian king who saved the Jews. If you read uh, the the Old Testament, you will see that it was another
3: Iranian king
0: who saved the Jews from Babylon. Uh, Esther has a tomb in Iran where where our Jewish population, which is the largest in the Middle East, uh, visit on uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, let's take a look at that. Uh, Yes, Esther has a tomb. There is a place in, in Persia, in Iran that uh, they believe is the tomb of Mordechai and Esther and he says that our Jewish population that of Iran comes to visit and they're the largest Jewish population in Arab countries yes, you know why? because they can't leave <laughs> and, and the interviewer doesn't say anything they're, they're, they are there by force and he's proud they're the largest Jewish population and, and of course at the beginning he says, well, if you read the book of Esther, you'll see that it was, it was the Persian king that saved the Jews. Really? Oh my gosh, what version do you have of the book of Esther? And the NBC reporter says nothing. The interviewer, she doesn't say, well, sir, it's not so simple. If it were up to the king, they wouldn't have been saved. They would have been all killed. We do have to say, and we do say, that there was a Persian king that was good to the Jews. Yes. Some 2,500 years ago, his name was Koresh, Cyrus. Many Persian Jews named their children Cyrus as a result. In fact, Yeshayahu calls him Shia Hashem. He's the one who brought forward the... the um, he heralded the Geula... The end of the first galut. Unfortunately, we didn't, weren't so excited, so we sort of stuck around. But uh, yes, he's right. That was the one true thing in that entire uh, interview on NBC. Yeah, you can write NBC in protest. I don't know if it will help, but it definitely does uh, make your voice count. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingart, and we are sponsored by Nefesh B'Nefesh, the amazing organization that helps people make Aliyah. It's that simple. They make every effort so that your Aliyah to Israel will be as successful, as trouble-free as possible. And they have some events coming up. They had one in L.A. yesterday. Is a big event, mega event, in South Florida. It's an Aliyah Fair. It's on the 12th, this Thursday at Dania Beach, Florida I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly and on Sunday the 15th, this coming Sunday in New York mega Aliyah event 2015 from 1230 to 530 an amazing event you should go, even if you're not planning Aliyah like tomorrow, go uh, take a look. You can find out all the information about these events and everything that Nefesh Benefish does on their website. NBN. NBN. Nefesh o r g. NBN.org.il. NBN.org.il. Take a look and uh, be impressed. What a group of individuals did. They just got together and said, let's make Aliyah easier. And they did. It's fascinating. Nefesh Benefesh, Revolutionizing Aliyah The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, And you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network My name is Mayor Weingarten Reminding you that we are in the midst of the JM and the AM Fundraising Marathon We'd appreciate if you make a contribution to um, to the flagship of this um, network JM in the AM, 32nd year Nachum Siegel and J.M. and the A.M. bringing you the Jewish world, bringing the Jewish world into your home, into your car every morning, live, never recorded, always there. What they say about the postmen, sleet, snow, rain, whatever it is, Nachum Siegel is there. It is amazing, and we owe him a debt of gratitude, and we need to keep. We need to keep J.M. in the A.M. going, so please let us let us do that by contributing. Go to uh, com. There's a button at the top. You can contribute there, or you can call in during the marathon hour, six to nine in the morning. Listen in, and you can have your your donation announced with the dedication. It's lots of fun. It's exciting, and uh, we. Welcome everyone in. I will personally be there on Thursday, this coming Thursday. And next week, I believe on Tuesday and Thursday, if you'd like to... um, Well, I'm not always available near the phone, but if you'd like to give the pledge directly to me or you'd like to make it in honor of the Israel show, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh new, brand new song out of Israel. This is Yuval Tayyib with, uh, it's very cute, it's a very interesting song about the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Harabi it's called, Yuval Tayyib, um, I don't know, I mean, the first time I heard it, I was taken by it, I gotta say, I wasn't expecting it, Um hope you enjoy it, debuting it here, just recently released on the Israel Show. You are tuned to the Nahum Single Network.
1: The whole focus. of
0: Yuval Tai, brand new harati. That's very cool. I I, I wasn't expecting that um, that kind of music about, <laughs> on this song about the Lebab But quite frankly, the Lebab Cherebi was for using everything to uh, f- further the cause of Judaism and and music uh, and this type of music, any type of music is one of them. Um, let's see, we have enough time for this. Yes, yeah, a great Hasbara highlight. Uh Andrew Claven, we've played him before. He's got a great uh, I, I happen to love sarcasm and he's got a great take on um on the whole Obama administration thing of not calling radical Islam by that name, not using the term and calling the Jews in, uh, in Paris who were killed, uh, uh a, a bunch of folks in a deli. So, um this is a three minute, uh, three and a half minute clip by Andrew Clavin in which he discusses this. It's called Good News Beheaded Christians. <laughs> and we'll play it for you and we'll have a link for you up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show, so you could See it as well, if you'd like, uh, here on The Israel Show. Here's Andrew Klavan.
4: I'm Andrew Claven and this is The Revolting Truth. Good news, headed Christians. Terrorism is not an existential threat. The President of the United States himself has told us so. He says the threat from make-believe climate change is much worse than the threat from actual worldwide Islamic jihad. That's probably why he was taking funny face selfies while ISIS zanies were cutting off the heads of 21 of you in Libya. Because you having your heads cut off doesn't make the climate any warmer or colder or whatever it's supposed to be getting. So it's not an existential threat. Except, you know, to you. Isn't that great? Oh, and by the way... You may have noticed that the White House didn't mention the words Islamic or Christian when it issued its statement about your whole unfortunate head-off incident. And you might say, hey, why not? That's why we were killed. Our murderers decapitated us in the name of Allah because we followed what they called the illusion of the cross. But no, 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 no. That's just the kind of muddy thinking you do when you have no head. See, super smart President Obama explains that no religion is responsible for terrorism. I'll bet that's a relief to you, right? Those terrorists who killed you only thought they were acting for religious reasons. Silly guys. I guess they were just bitterly clinging to their Korans and their scimitars. And listen, just because you were killed in the name of a militaristic and oppressive Allah for worshiping a Christ of love and freedom, that doesn't mean you can get on your high horse. After all... As Obama pointed out, some people did bad things of some sort in the name of Christ like a thousand years ago. So really, you kind of got what you deserved, didn't you? Just try to keep that thought in your head. Sorry, maybe that was insensitive. Oh, and hey, there's some good news for dead Jews, too. I know Islamists have been gunning you down and defacing your places of worship and harassing and bullying and terrorizing you on the streets of once-civilized European cities. And maybe you've been thinking, whoa, whatever happened to Never Again? Well, about that whole Never Again thing, remember hope and change? That's what changed. See... You might think that militant Islam's relentless assault against the Jews and the left's tacit support of that assault in their vicious and mindless campaign against Israel's existence are just part and parcel of evil's millennia-long war against the people of the Bible. But great news, it's not that at all. In his response to the Islamist slaughter of four people in a kosher supermarket in Paris, Obama said the victims were just random folks killed randomly by... Other random folks randomly killing random folks randomly. So, Jews, you don't have a thing to worry about. Isn't that terrific? You see, all you people being killed by ISIS, al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Boko Haram, al-Shabaab, and other Islamist groups around the world? Oh, and all you women being unspeakably brutalized by them? You're lucky our President Barack Obama is wise enough not to do anything at all to help you. Because he understands that the terrorists are on the wrong side of history. So all he has to do is sit there on the right side of history, being right, while you suffer and die. Isn't that good news? I'm Andrew Clavin with The Revolting Truth.
0: He's good. He is very good, very sharp. Andrew Clavin. We will uh, post a link to that on our Facebook page. Elections in Israel, one week and one day away. As we continue to follow the the craziness that is Israeli politics, um, one of the things uh, there are many things that I find interesting, but one of the things is how the media. In Israel, has taken sides or takes sides so openly, it's not even they're not even trying to hide it. On some level, I think years ago the media tried to make believe that they were um, even-handed. I think that's I think even in America, on some level, that's out of the window. I think the the New York Times today. Sort of admits to the fact that they're left leaning, and if they don't admit to it themselves, everybody realizes that. That they're not like a, uh, honest, honest, uh, uh broker of news, if you will. Um Yidiot is headed by, uh, Nuni Moses. It was started by, years ago, And owned by the Moses family, and the latest Moses to be in charge of it is Nuni Moses, who very simply hates Prime Minister Netanyahu, and has used his newspaper to inflame as many people as possible against Netanyahu, the headlines, the stories, what he writes, what he doesn't write, the editorials, but not only the editorials, it's the news. Suddenly, everything in Israel is falling apart. And by the way, he's very powerful because not only does he own Yedioth HaKronot, which is the largest newspaper in circulation in Israel by far, by way far, like there's nothing else on that level, he also owns the largest Israeli web news site, Ynet, which is a subdivision of Yedioth Aharonot, Ynet, and there too, everything, it's anti-BB. It's anyone but BB. So suddenly, there are so many people in Israel that are poor, and suddenly there are so many people in Israel that are in hospitals, that don't have a bed, and suddenly there are so many kids who are going to sleep hungry. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing to the extent that it's, I mean, on some level it's laughable, and yet, I'm afraid, too many people uh, might take it for fact that all these things suddenly, just before the election, like the whole country is in a terrible situation. The whole country is falling apart. We must quickly change. Um, how's the election going, you might ask. Well, here's the problem with Israel. You can't poll properly in Israel. I, 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 I venture to say that almost every single year, the polls in Israel have been wrong. Not like totally crazy wrong, but wrong enough that how who will be able to put together the government can't be told at this point. For example, in the last election, Yair Lapid got 19 Knesset seats. No poll even came close. I think the highest he was said to be getting was 14 or 15. Nobody expected 19. The elections before that, or two elections before that, the Senior Citizens Party, suddenly, out of the blue, I think they got nine seats or something like that. Nobody even had them listed. So... One might ask, why is it that they don't, polls don't work in Israel? Heard an interesting analysis of this. There, there are several different demographics in Israel that just don't do polls well, so to speak. Think about the over a million Russians that live in Israel. They grew up, the older ones, grew up in the Soviet Union, in the USSR, where you were constantly afraid that the government should find out anything about you, that the government was always watching you, that the government knows, knows too much about you. So if some stranger calls you up on the phone and says, who are you going to vote for? Your typical Russian immigrant of the, of the older generation doesn't want to say. And if he says, Maybe he'll say what he thinks you want to hear. He sort of lies to the pollster. Which is really... It's interesting. I remember when I was in in college in Israel in Mahonlev, we had elections for student council. Really, you know, it's like a nothing, right? And um, I was going around trying to get people to vote. And one of the students, a young man, probably in his early twenties, I said, did you vote? He said, no, no, I, I'm not going to vote. I said, why not? He said, no, I, I don't vote. I, and it was clear. It was so clear to me and it, it hit me because I didn't expect it, but it was, it was obvious. He was afraid to vote. He was afraid that maybe by voting, he's expressing some opinion that is not Looked upon kindly by whoever the big boss is on top. And I said to him, no, it's okay. Nobody knows even who you, oh no, he said, no, no, I'm sure they'll find out who I vote. It was, it was such a awakening for me. And, and so that's a huge part of the population and the Arabs who will have a big influence in this election. Because there is now one unified Arab party running. That never happened in the history of Israel. And so they could ultimately be, if they get their voters out, they could be the the second or third, well not the second, but the third largest party in Israel. When the pollster calls them, most Arabs are not very keen on getting a call from some Israeli who they don't know, asking them who they support. They're very... Very concerned about talking to Israelis. Is it the Shin Bet? You know, is it the Shabak that's looking to get information from me? And the Haredim often lie to the pollsters because they don't want, uh, they don't necessarily want people to have an idea of how, how the election will go. To them it's, uh, to many, it's like, irrelevant and they don't they they want the poll to not be successful so to speak so the polls show that it's neck and neck the uh, labor and the uh, likud but um, we don't know it'll be interesting uh we will be back here live god willing on uh, monday a week from today which will be the day before the elections and hopefully have last-minute analysis for you. I will be um, joining the uh, JM and the AM marathon this coming Thursday and next week on Tuesday. Don't know that we'll have time to discuss the ma- the elections and such, but um, if you want to call in at that time, make a donation or do it online. Uh, we encourage you to make the donation whenever, wherever. If you'd like to do it in honor of the Israel Show, uh, we will be very thankful. We appreciate. Your help. Okay, we're going to close out today's show with Yigal Bashan and Tenli. Tenli et tayom hazeh. Before we do that, we thank everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. We We're very close. I've been... I, I haven't been discussing it too much, but we are very close to the 300 mark on our Facebook page, Likes. And we thank you all for that. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of the two latest shows in the Nachum Siegel Network lineup. Eternal Flame by Rabbi Y.Y. Y. Jacobson, followed by Headlines with David Lichtenstein. And after that, for the rest of the day, the great... Monday music marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
1: hayom hazeh ma sheya ma sheya ma be'olam kaze hayom What you have to forget about it, what will not be changed, she haya eshtaq miza ma shiniem la meshana ma sha amkes de alam kaze teli et hayom haze ma haya eshtaq miza ma shiniem la what you want in world like this world, give me this day. When you forget about